Dr. Pete Economo, the East Coast Psychologist. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, the West Coast Psychologist. And this is When East Meets West. Spirituality is something that some people are turned off on. And what I'm going to say is, let's bring it on. What do you think, Nikki? Oh, I am. Hello, Pete. Yes. Uh, I'm very into bringing it on because actually, I'll share, I was one of those people once upon a time. You were afraid of it? I did. I had a, I, I think I've said this on this podcast before. I had a negative judgment about the word. And I yeah. think part of that has to do with growing up in Los Angeles where, you know, there's this sort of, I don't know, I've, I've said for like a misinterpretation of mindfulness and, and Eastern practices. What's the misinterpretation? Is it like a yeah. granola crunching type yeah, of thing? Yeah, I think or? it's like that. Yeah. And I think, and I think there's, it can be, I mean, like with anything, people can get rigid about anything that I sort of yeah. maybe experienced a, like a judgment of like, this is the right way to be. And, and that's, that's something that's like a pet peeve of mine that I always think like, there's no one right way to be. Everybody has a, has a right to believe what they want to believe or think what they want to think. And so I didn't understand what that word meant. So I used to be really turned, turned off to it. And yeah. once I, of course, you know, uh, got into, uh, mindfulness, became a mindfulness practitioner and a yoga practitioner. And I always kind of like to joke that, you know, the stuff gets in, you practice it long enough, it's going to get in. I sure does. really realized, oh, I'm a very spiritual person and I've always been a very spiritual person. I just, I didn't yeah. understand what it meant. Well, it's also something that we don't talk about at dinner, right? I mean, it's one of those avoidable uh, conversations yeah, like right. politics, spirituality, religion. Right. It's one of those things that can be the hot topic. What, what is that? Why, does, why do people get so charged by these things? Well, I think, well, I think part of it is one kind of maybe an experience similar to what I had where they misunderstood or misunderstand yeah. what it means. Though I actually think that, you know, it's funny because you mentioned, you know, religion as well. There's... Um, a misunderstanding about the differences between spirituality and religion. And so religion, again, no right or wrong. There's many different religions. Religions are more rules-based sometimes, right? They're more, it's more organized. And spirituality is something that then doesn't kind of get like, gets swept along with that. Do you know what I'm saying? I think like people think if you're religious, you must be spiritual. And if you're spiritual, you must be religious. And it's like, well, those things don't actually have to go together. Right. There's not a cause, causation between the two. They could actually be very separate, which I think is something we do in Western psychological science yeah. is trying to help. And there is research that supports that spirituality, just the sort of overall, the way I look at it is that there's something bigger than us. So that's what I, yeah. I think even like the 12 steps, which we've referenced, you, I think the first step is about God. I don't know. First or second well, step? Yes, I know. I'm, I'm, uh, my apologies. I'm not, I'm not uh, yeah. extremely knowledgeable about the 12-step program, but yes, it is about... Um, like a higher power is what they say, like giving yourself over to a higher power. So that could be the word God, right? For some people like that word. Some people these days say the universe. I often say that, Um, you know. But I also give people opportunity to say like pencil. Right, sure. (laughs) Whatever you want it (laughs) to be. I love that. I love that. (laughs) I I would just just adore, and I mean this in the least patronizing way, I would love if somebody was like, I refer to, you know, spirit of the universe, pencil. I'd be like, that is amazing. That's awesome. Because everything is a thing. And I think that's where my spirituality has come from my Zen work is that everything's a thing and nothing is everything. You know, so like that's the the sort of um, the mind games that we play. We don't play them, but like I sometimes feel that Zen is a mind game because Mm -hmm. it's about unlearning and unknowing. Right. And, and that's really hard for people. And I think that's the issue with spirituality. It's like the benefits of mindfulness. They're very, they're very intangible. 
you know, to say like parts of your brain are going to change or you might have improved interpersonal relationships. You can't grab these things. You can't grab spirituality. Right. And, you know, it's really important what you're saying because I think what that highlights is this problem that human brains have where we over rely on language and problem solving and we want evidence and data and look, you know, especially anyway, patients are listening. They, everyone knows I love data. I loved, I'm always like, we love data. (laughs) We're behaviorists. Now, you know, we love facts. We love data. And it's really hard to quantify spirituality, something like spirituality though. Interestingly enough, you know, when, when I kind of get similar responses to, you know, sort of what you're highlighting, I'll say, look, yes, it is intangible, right? And, and I'll be like, bear with me. It's also (laughs) something concrete that if you ask somebody to really think about where they feel something, like people, people like will say like, you know what anxiety feels like, you know what joy feels like. You can actually identify that in your body when we're connecting with values, spirituality being one of them, you know, most people like that is something that you can concretely identify. Like for me, like if you, yeah. you know, you're saying it's something bigger than ourselves, which I experienced that as well. For me, it's also about the connectedness of all things, right? Yeah. All yeah. and all beings. And so when I think about that, I feel connection, like in my heart space, like I feel warm, yeah. I feel grounded. I feel like myself. Do, I mean, does that resonate with you? When I had the uh, opportunity to speak with Deepak Chopra uh, for the Beautiful Mind Summit that Rutgers sponsored, we spoke about consciousness and I think that that's also related to this where that's exactly what you're saying. The interconnectedness, you know, this thing that's bigger than us, uh, it's both measurable and abstract. And abstract. And and also I just of course have to Jewish stage mother (laughs) jump in and say, (laughs) it's pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, Pete got to interview Deepak Chopra. They had a, an amazing conversation and I was I literally videoed it from my phone, like videoing the computer screen because I was so proud Um, and it was so special. And it was just, they both, you know, I think um, you guys had a really interesting conversation about that. Yeah. That, that idea of, I mean, again, we've kind of joked about that before, like, oh man, we're going to start getting into consciousness. Like we're going, we're going here. here. It's, it's abstract and concrete. It's both things. And I think- Well, because there are scientists that are studying consciousness and have been for ages. I mean, I don't think you and I are really that abreast to a lot of the research in terms of consciousness. Um, And there are researchers out there all across the globe that have been measuring and looking at consciousness for, for ages. Yeah, and it's it's a hard thing to study, right? Oh. And it's a really hard thing to study. So yeah, very similar if you ask somebody, what's it mean to be conscious? I yeah. mean, you'll say like, yeah, I know well, my experience and I don't, I don't know how to quantify that. And what it means to be spiritual. You know, I think that's, like you said, I think your experience is one that I think a lot of people will connect with, mm-hmm. this sort of turned offness of, am I scapegoating or am mm-hmm. I not fully engaging with a group by saying I'm spiritual? I think mm-hmm. a lot of people with really strong religious upbringings or backgrounds feel as though it is negating their own experience. But again, that's where this mindfulness comes in about acceptance. And we're saying, we're accepting other people's perspectives on how they come to wherever they arrive. Right. right? We're non-judgmental right. about how people arrive to where they are. And hopefully, and I'm sure you've seen this, spirituality makes me a better human being. You know, oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. Like well, morally. How, how, yeah. How? Say, say a little bit. Well, morally, right. So like just by having a spiritual uh, identity, I'm able to take perspective on other people's suffering. It's also part yeah. of my Zen training to say like, right. you know what, we're all in this together. Right. And 
there's moments where I'm like, shit, I wish I could get out of this a little bit better. Yeah. Right. right. And other moments where I'm like, you are, you are a human, Pete. I I hate to to break it to you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I get the green pass. Yeah. Yeah. And and I give myself, you know, the green pass to, to do that. Uh, But I think morally I find that way that spirituality Mm. helps me. I think um, that inner peace uh, to, to really be able to, accept like failure to accept yeah. um a disruption in a, in a relationship right like all of us have struggled at some point with someone that we've had a close relationship with yeah but if we grow up with somebody and then we grow our separate mm. ways yeah spirituality helps me say in in a genuine way because i think as an adolescent i said like i hope you find happiness to wherever you go and i'm sort of like crossing the, my fingers <laughs> right, behind my back right, right. <laughs> um, but i think spirituality <laughs> says like no i really do like i really it's okay that we have gone separate ways. And I do hope that you find happiness and peace. Well, so what's, what's really showing up for me as you're describing that is there's this aspect of, of turning something over, right? That's actually yeah. sort of what we're talking about. Like with the 12-step program talks about like turning over to a higher power. And again, right. you, you might not like that phrase or that phrase might not resonate with you, but this idea of letting go and acknowledging that you know, we all have our own paths. We all have our own truths. We all have our own experiences. And can we come back and recognize and, and uh, identify the interconnectedness of all of us that we all, let me, let me ask you to go a little further with that because you also talked about your Jewish grandmother self with with me. Don't age me here. Jewish mothers. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. (laughs) So, so I mean, come on, let's, you know, (laughs) Link that with your spiritual development, because I think for some people, it's really hard for them to understand how one could be, say, Jewish and spiritual. Um, right, I've, or, or I've, that identity of spirituality, like, or, or like more like, I would, because I would say there's, in any, I would say a lot of people, not everyone, don't want to use absolutes here, a lot of people that identify as religious would right. also identify as spiritual, though I think sometimes people get confused. How can you be spiritual through another lens? And my spirituality has come to me really not for the most part, not through Judaism, but through more of a Buddhist lens, right? So that's I think right. that's probably what's confusing to people. Correct. Um, so yes, sure. Let me say something. So, and, and I've also said this before on the podcast. I'm I'm not I, I'm not religious. Um, you right. know, I was I was raised Reconstructionist, uh, which is a um, like even like kind of like a more liberal wing of of Reform Judaism. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I had a bat mitzvah. I did I did practice. I wish I was there. Oh, you, it was, I it had, was really, I, I mean, I, I had some friends that still talk about you and it was obviously <laughs> a very fun, it was a very fun time as you might imagine, yeah. <laughs> imagine. Um, but yeah, so, so I, I did all those things, but in, in my family, it was really more about connecting with the cultural identity of being, yeah. of being Jewish. And, and I've often j- joked with people though. I mean, it really, uh, in a very true way. I'm in a lot of ways more culturally Californian than I am Jewish. Like I always say, like right. I'm a Californian first uh, a Jew second, right? So right, yeah. it's, it's not it's not my dominant identity, I guess. Yeah. That being said, I would say the one place where I I really felt a connection to spirituality through Judaism is when I, I went on birthright, which for those of you oh, that aren't yeah. aware, is a trip that um, Jews around the world can take, where we're allowed to go to Israel, uh, you know, for mm-hmm. like ten days. But when I went there and I had that experience of like learning the history and learning different facets of Judaism. Yeah it wasn't like I felt more religious. I didn't come back. Yeah. I felt connected to this like bigger than myself. And also like in Israel, right? Like there's, I, there are Palestinians, there are, you know, there are Muslims yeah. and Christians. It's not, it wasn't about like what, what Judaism specifically was saying. It was about this right. interconnection. And for me, 
mindfulness and yoga has been the place where I've been able to really like crack that open in a mm. way where I mm-hmm. just, I don't know. I feel more centered. I feel very connected to my values. I, I don't know. I hope, I hope I'm, I'm clarifying. Well, you absolutely do. And I think, well, and I'm also reminded of say Sharon Salzberg, mm. Dan Harris. Uh, uh, I think it was in his book, 10% happier where he uh, coined uh, Jubu. Oh um, yeah. That's, which, a, that's a definitely, definitely a, um, a, a, a common phrase for, for a common phrase with the Jubu, which is, I think I, and it's interesting Jews, because Jews, I, Jews and Buddh- Jews who practice Buddhism. Right. Correct. Yes. So Jews have found whatever spirituality or religiosity through Buddhism or the connectedness of the two. And I think, uh, there's a lot, you know, some of the top Western Buddhist scholars are culturally or religiously Jewish, you know, so, so Sharon Salzberg and Dan Harris, um, I think John Kabat-Zinn too. I don't know. I'm I feel sure like we should know that. Yeah, I know. We should, we should have I known don't, that. I know. Listeners, we need to do our research yes. better. Yes. Um, and, but that's how <laughs> vulnerable and spontaneous we're being. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, then, and then Pete, what about you? Because you, you also weren't raised Buddhist, right? So can not. you maybe yeah, speak a little bit about your own experience? Yeah, I mean, I think at times people are, are still confused. And the reason I asked you to talk about that is I had brought my Zen teacher, who is a Jesuit priest. Um, right, and which I, I, so I, show, well, I show him off a lot. I just really In fact, he called me up to call him back today. But in any event, um, I, I brought him to, to speak at my previous institution, which was a Catholic university. Mm-hmm. And uh, two students, they raised their hands asking questions. One of them, who was a little bit more uh, direct and uh, provocative, was like, how do you have two gods? You know? mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, to that student, I was just like, well, this is Father Kennedy. So remember who you're talking to, too. Right, like, have respect. <laughs> right, 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 um, right. right. He, he does have some knowledge in this area. And Let's like, no, yeah. Ton- Right. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. but, but I think that's a common experience for a lot of folks, this idea of how do you have two gods or what is it like? So for me, it's, I've never, and I, I, I've never, I don't, there's no commitment ceremony within any kind of studying like you've talked about in terms of Buddhism. Um, I didn't have to like, I mean, I was confirmed, you know, I, I had baptized communion and confirmation, you know, all the way along. I was an, I was even a Eucharistic minister at one point, you know, during my like high school time, even in college. Yeah. So I, I find that, in any given chapter or moment in my life, religion and spirituality have provided great amount of uh, empowerment, yeah. health, and, and honestly success in a way, because I feel, you know, this is one of the things we talk about. So if I talk about religion for a moment, like Catholic privilege, right? So if we think mm-hmm. about power and privilege, for an athlete to hit a home run or to, you know, hit a three-point winner and do the sign of the cross after and kiss up to God is a non-issue. Everyone's like accepting of that. But what if right. they, you know, talk about a Quran or, right. Right. or if they're wearing a yarmulke, you know, that right. is then less acceptable. Right. Well, yeah. because I'm, I'm glad you're bringing that up because that speaks to this, again, human problem of getting very attached to there's, there's one right way to be, there's one right perspective, right. there's one, uh, one right religion or culture or political belief, you know, we can go on and on and on. And spirituality for, for those of us that connect uh, with a, a spiritual practice, are, it, it helps us to come back to this notion that there, there is no one universal truth, which right. Pete and I talk a lot about in terms of, you know, the definition of a dialectic, right? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's one of the definitions. There's, there's just no one right way to be a person. And, I mean, other than that, like one uh, plus one equals two, right? <laughs> like I think well, there's well, going to well, be somewhere out there. <laughs> Well, when I say, sure, somebody's, somebody's writing in like, uh, 
there, there is yeah, a universal well, truth. Well, well, we could say like, so I, I guess I'd want to just, I mean, this is maybe probably a controversial thing to say, uh, but I think maybe there's a difference between facts and, tr- and truth sometimes, right? right? right that right. Yeah. That are, you know, facts are, yes, facts are one plus one equals two. The sky right. is blue, right? The sun, right. Uh, you know, rises in the east. So those are universal facts. Yeah, those are universal facts. But Good. truths vary from our experiences right. and our perspectives. And there's and, and that's maybe, maybe it would resonate more with people, this notion again. of Well, no, I think it's right important that we just made that distinction. So thank yeah. you for that. And of course. Yeah, yeah that was wow. really helpful, I think. Because I think that's the key to this, right? The key is that there is no one universal truth. And... Yeah. Um, there's no right spirituality. No, there isn't. No. Yeah. Well, it's it's because it's something within us. You know, yeah. this spirituality is very, in my opinion, and I'm curious to hear what you think about this, Pete. I think is very it's very tied to our values. So I've said on this podcast before, yes. our values are our insides, right? Like, if, if you guys could see me, I'm like miming towards my my gut, right? We actually feel them in our center and think of, yeah. you know, in any religious or spiritual tradition, there's often a discussion about. Uh, you know, your your inner wisdom, your inner peace, your center, right? right? To me, these things are inextricably tied that I don't, yeah. I can't, I, I don't know about you. I personally can't pull them apart that my values are spirituality, no. spirituality are my values. That's right. Yeah, everything's, well, interconnectedness. Every, every, interconnectedness. <laughs> and everything's that's, connected. that's the Zen belief there is that, and as I started studying, before I got to Zen, I studied some Tibetan stuff and and they really focus in their writings about how, everything in the universe is connected trees with mm. the water, with the clouds. Yes. And, you know, uh, if you think about this, that, that whole cycle. And so that's, that's the human experience and that's spirituality. And, and let me just ask us this, uh, do, do, are we just defining our own truth and our own spirituality or have we been, have mm. we done a good enough job to think about other sort of perceptions and perspectives of what that might look like? Ooh, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love to get curious about things. You know, I think, uh, I think it's, well, I think it's another dialectic. I think, I think yeah. we are, I think we're predominantly describing our own experiences with it because that's what we have access to. Right. right. And I think that we're doing a, an effective job as psychologists to open up and say like, well, we don't, you know, we can't define it for other people, right? That's right. comes back to there is no one universal truth. So right. that's the whole point. Like I can't, I can't define it for you. You can't define it for me. We can't define it for our listeners. And I think what right. we're doing here is asking people to be curious and look within oneself and say like, what, what might that mean to you? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of spirituality. So hopefully our listeners today, as you think about this, get curious and think about what spirituality means to you. This has been When East Meets West. I'm Dr. Pete Economo. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin. Be present, be brave. This has been When East Meets West. All material is based on opinion and educational training of Drs. Pete Economo and Nikki Rubin. Content is for informational and educational purposes only.